Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church. My name is Stephanie Schaefer. I am here with the PMB, Pastor yes. Matt Brown. Yes. And our lovely co-host, new co-host, Jono. Jono. Hey, everybody. Whose real name that I just found out is Jonathan. It is, yeah. actually, yes. Jonathan. But it your is. wife from South Africa nicknamed you. It's a, it's, a, it's a common thing in South Africa. Anyone that's Jonathan is Jono. Anything, anyone that's Dan is Dano. Dano. Yeah. Oh. So, Book him Dano. Cool. Pick him Dano. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm Jono. Yeah. So. I'll be down. <laughs> I'll right. go by either. My mom would love for me to be called Jonathan once again. Oh, I but, love Jono. It's yeah, but so I like Jono unique. too. Yeah. It's so, and it's it's been 13 years now. Yeah. So let's I, change my name to Matto. Matto. Yeah. We could try. try. Yeah, and Steffo. Steffo. We yeah. could try that. Yeah. But so yeah. hey guys, uh, Justin Pardee has uh, taken another step in his career, and he has started a company called the. Black Rose Creative. And so he's no longer on staff at Sandals Church, but he will be guest hosting from time to time yeah. and uh, but be praying for them. So yeah. they are starting a company and that's a lot of work. So that's why Jono is here. So Jono yeah. has taken uh, Justin's place at Sandals Church. What is your job title, by the way? So Director of Development and Communications. Mm, so development kind of a new communication, yeah. conglomerate of yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. And so Party was in charge of communications at Sandals Church, mm -hmm. right? Or was that your job? Mm -hmm. I never yeah. know what people actually do. Yeah. Yeah, Party was in charge of that. We had somebody else for a little bit. I've sort of just mm -hmm. been part of the team mm. this whole time. Part of the team, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's exciting. I'm excited to be on staff. Yeah. I'm excited to be a part of a team that's growing and changing and ever, you know, adapting to some of the new things that Sandals is doing, getting to be a part of it. Yeah. And even this this role here too, getting to host um, yes. alongside Stephanie. Yeah. And yeah, it's a great, great opportunity. So yeah, to so, jump in. Yeah, keep uh, PRD in your prayers. Yeah. Um, you know, as I've launched a company called Sandals Church, it's brutal. Mm -hmm. So be praying for them, especially as they... Um, make that happen, but we wish them well. We're praying yeah. for them and we bless them in their endeavors. Super excited to see people uh, from our church trying to use their talents to um, just bring glory to God mm. at church and in the business world. So we're super excited. PRD, we love you and uh, can't wait to have you back on the show as a yeah. guest. Yeah. That's right. Pretty that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So that's all I got. Stefo. That's right. So we're going to jump into the show. And, it's going to stick. Um, we'll start off with just answering the question. We've been getting tons Pastor Matt, you dabbled again into the Enneagram Whoa, this weekend. I dabbled. dabbled. Uh, talking through the nine types <laughs> and yes. all that. And mentioned our self-discovery assessment. If you're interested in taking that, we're actually going to get into some questions about that. So if you have not yet taken that and you want to, the best way to do that is to sign up for our real workshops here at Sandals Church. So you can look for the schedule, sign up for a real workshop at sandalschurch.com slash workshops. Once you sign up for those, we'll get you connected with the test. So you can take that and start to learn more about yourself and how you're made. So, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I was one of the, the holdouts. Oh, because you're nine. Early, I told, yeah. yeah. Did you hear like, me bag on you? I was like, oh, you nine. Like, I know you're going to oh, get to it. Oh. Yeah. That was me. It's that on my list. Me. But I did. But I got to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad I did. Mm -hmm. So if you're a holdout, you need, you should do it. Did I tell you, I told you both yesterday I had nine things to do. I actually, for the first time in my life, made a list. I shared wow. that in community group last oh, night. Made a, a list. Big win. I accomplished seven of the nine. Felt so, so good. That's, that's really good. successful. I'm yeah. really proud of you. Yes, that's really great good. Job. Yeah. Doesn't Just, something happen when you check something off a list? Like a it's very satisfying. Like there's a, yeah, a it was. chemical that's released yeah. in your body or something yeah. like that. It's like a win. Yeah. I mean, after I got the dog food, which was number two on the list, I was like, nothing can go wrong today. It was so good. <laughs> like, watch there you out. Go. Here I come. There you yeah. go. So nice. Yeah. So the whole way that you kind of introduced the concept of how we're made, how God has intended us for to be, you talked about how we're both beautiful and broken. Yes. And uh, somebody actually sent me a question and wanted to know how do we kind of hold the tension of having both beauty and brokenness? She said, I find it really easy to see myself as either all broken or yeah. totally self-righteous. Right. Can you talk through how to find the tension? Yeah, there? like for example, Stephanie's more beautiful. I'm more broken. That's the tension. <laughs> so that's kind of the way that it solved. works. Next yeah, question. Solved. 
No, um, I think that it's a constant tension, right? Mm-hmm. And so the the truth is both guys in the story, the Pharisee and the tax collector are wrong, but they're just on opposite sides of the yeah. same coin of wrong. And so, um, you know, I think the church now, we, we, we used to err more on the Pharisaic side. Now I think we, we err more on the, you know, it's all about grace. It's all about love. Well, okay. I just finished, uh, actually I'm thinking about doing a series on the book of Galatians. Mm-hmm. And so Galatians has that favorite se- sentence, right? You have fallen from grace. Yeah. And so the, the church in Galatia struggled with what grace meant and what right. that meant. And right. So it's all about grace and you can't save yourself and da, da, da. And then you get to Galatians five and it's like, oh, and by the way, people who continue in these behaviors will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. So there's this tension between, you know, it's all about God's grace. And so he's loving me and he's forgiven me and my brokenness, but there's a part of the Pharisee that's right. Yeah. God does care about what we do with our bodies uh, sexually, um, you know, how we take care of them, what we're a part of, what we allow ourselves to partake in. Those things do matter. It's just this tension of both of those. And so we need to acknowledge that. And so I tend to be a person that's more like, we talked about this in community group last night. Mm. Uh, I tend to be more like the um, the guy who beats his chest. I'm no good. I remember one time in college, literally uh, before I had my, my real with self like epiphany, I remember saying this, I said, Lord, I'm Judas. Mm. Like I felt that way. Like I, there's nothing good in me, mm. right? And that's the devil speaking. Um, because the Lord loves me and and I reflect his image and his glory. And even in my depravity and brokenness, um, I mean, that's what God sees in me, that which is worthy of redemption, that which reflects him. And so we have to acknowledge that, that part of the reason God wants to save me is not because I'm worth less, it's because I'm worth Christ. Mm. We have to remember that. And that's just so important because Christians can, can beat themselves up or there's the other side where it's, ah, it's all good, it's all grace. You know, I can do whatever yeah. I want. Um, and Paul actually says that in Romans, should I continue to sin that grace should be abound? No way. Yeah. So he says that and, and we need to, to, to respond to that. But I just think it's this healthy tension of constantly realizing, look, I've got some real areas of giftedness. And so Christians are also dumb, like, oh, it's all God. Well, but he used you. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah, my giftedness is all from God, but my choice to be obedient and utilize that gift is me. That's my choice. That's my contribution in my act of worship. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it would be it would be a lie for me to say God has not given me the gift of speaking. That that's not that's not honest. There's, I, I'm terrible at everything. God gave me a big mouth. Now what I do <laughs> with that mouth, right, can be beautiful or broken, and it's been a lot more broken than beautiful in my life. But it's both, and so we have to walk in this healthy tension of I am both. And so even as I operate in my 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 giftedness, my beauty. So the Apostle Paul, and we're going to get into this the next weekend, talks about the incredible revelations that God has given him. Mm. He says, he says, he won't even talk about himself. He talks about this dude that went to heaven, whether it was in the flesh or blood, I don't know. But God assigned to him a thorn in the flesh to keep him humble. And right, that's that tension of, man, and the Paul, Paul's trying to make a case. Look, I'm an apostle just like the rest of the guys, but in order to keep me both in my beauty and my giftedness and in my brokenness, he's, a, he's allowed Satan to have this way in me. And I've asked God three times to take it away. And each time God has said, that my power is made perfect mm. in your weakness. And so we're going to get into that this weekend, allowing God to do that. But it's just about walking humbly, mm. walking humbly and saying, okay, I've got these giftedness. I'm going to use this for the glory of God. And I'm going to entrust him with that. And I also need to be aware, like I've got this, this nasty brokenness called sin that can devour mm. my beauty and it can swallow it. And, um, you know, not becoming enamored with the gift, but becoming enamored with the giver. Yeah. And that's what we really have to do is, oh my gosh, thank God that uh, I am able um, to just 
give glory to God for what he's given me. And so I just think there's just a healthy tension that we are both. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, but I think it's a great question. Yeah, I think there's a part of it that is, we are a work in progress. And right. you mentioned that, how we're, we're continually becoming more and more like Christ. And the tension of we are, if we're hidden in Christ, we are saved. Right. We know, you know, our salvation is in, in, in you know, locked in him. Right. We have the Holy Spirit, all of that. And yet here we are. Here we are still yeah. broken and, and sinning and, and, and in that tension. Um, something that you mentioned over the weekend is sort of the disservice that we've done as Christians over the years or decades is pretending so much. And, and I think that sends this message of unless I have it perfect like that guy, right. something's wrong. I, I'm doing it wrong. I, I'm missing the mark. And so that tension has never been sort of allowed mm-hmm. before. And so something you know, how do I find that brokenness and, and the beauty, um, pursuing God, like what you're saying, pursuing, becoming more and more like him and being okay with, you know, messing up along the way and, yeah. and continually going back to him. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately, um, did they give a name? Uh, no, it's anonymous. anonymous. Okay. So yeah. Annie Moss, uh, ultimately what you need is to be in a healthy community group yeah. of people who can be honest with you. You know, we had a great discussion last night in community group where uh, we have a person who's high five. And I said, I noticed that when the conversation gets uncomfortable, you go straight to knowledge. Hmm. And and, and what you're running from is vulnerability. Oh, yeah. So that's what I'm noticing. And he didn't see it, but it was interesting. The rest of the group was like, yeah, yep, Mm. yep, we Mm. see that. So he's high eight, high five. And so, right, the eight wants to control, not be vulnerable. And so then runs to the five. Well, let me talk about all these things I know about the Bible. And that's why people Mm. love to do that. Let me, let me, let me wow you with my information so that you don't notice my sin. Yeah. And, and, and all of us have that. And so we need to be in healthy community that calls that out and says, Hey man, I love you, Mm -hmm. but here's what I'm seeing you do and and pray about that because right. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not God, but here's what I'm noticing. And the rest of the group affirmed that and said, yep, we we see that Mm -hmm. too. And that, Mm -hmm. and the person in our group didn't notice that they were doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's running to that. Let me show you how much I know. So you don't get to know me. Mm. And, and so we all need to be in that community group of people to help us find that. Because here's the thing, at some point in time in your life, you're going to have to come to the realization that you don't see yourself for who you really are. Mm. Mm. There, there, every single one of us is blind somewhere to something about us that is yeah. obvious. This is what's so sad, right? Things that are obvious to others, we are oblivious to in ourselves. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that is just so mind blowing that yeah. you you can be completely blind to something that you're doing a way that you're acting and everyone that you know is around you. Have knows. you found too in those moments where, at least in my story, I, I've seen the things that I'm most frustrated in others is usually yeah. the thing oh, that mm-hmm. I'm blind to in my own life. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. frustrating mm-hmm. when that happens. Yeah. But you, you've mentioned, we talk about, obviously we talk about small groups a lot on the show. Um, there was a question that came in. Um, Angelina said, on the show, you talk a lot about small groups. Can you tell me uh, what is the real main objective for small groups? I joined a group and the people were all nice, uh, but the main topic each time we met uh, was their problems and how unhappy they were with their lives. Mm-hmm. Some of us offered suggestions trying to help but at the next meeting, all the same complaints were still there. Maybe my expectations were too high, but I wanted to get more uh, into the questions and hear others' responses. I tried to hang in there, but finally stopped going uh, out of frustration. I have not joined another group for fear it might be the same. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sandals is full of people and people mm. are full of problems. And it just like in any relationship, it's, it's, it's really hard to make the relationship 
a spiritual relationship. So, mm-hmm. so my wife and I don't struggle uh, with the physical aspect of a relationship. We don't struggle with like the work of marriage, but but praying together, talking mm-hmm. about like it's hard for us to include God in our most intimate moments, and so that's a struggle. The same thing is true for groups, and so groups can become about all your problems, all your illnesses, mm-hmm. everything that's wrong, and really. The purpose of small groups is to say, okay, you know, we just we just talked about what's real on the weekend. Now we got to work it out. What what is what does this look like in my life? How do I do this? Um, how do I take this deeper and into my mm-hmm. life? And how do I think about it? And here's why: for all of our small groups, that you know, you do your own study, uh, you do your own thing, you share your own stories. Here, the research is in, and here's what the research says: if you don't talk about what you just heard about. Mm. You've lost You've it. Lost it's it, yeah. gone. Ninety-seven. So people literally, like on a Tuesday in the grocery store. Hey, I loved your love your sermon. What did you love about it? Uh, they don't know <laughs> because they didn't work it out. They got to work it out in their own life. And so what I would say is, as soon as you get in the car and you're leaving, start talking about it. You know what really what really impacted you? Mm-hmm. What really touched you? Um, and if God's called you to to do something, do it immediately. Like I remember one time, Tammy and I we went to a conference and it was on honor mm-hmm. and. As soon as it was over, I knew what I needed to do. I need to honor my wife more. We got home. We were in Hawaii actually at a conference. So we went to the house we were staying at. I said, I need to talk to you in the bedroom. And she's like, uh-oh. I said, no, I need to talk to you now. So we get in, I have her sit on the bed. I get on my knees and I say, mm-hmm. God revealed to me that I am not honoring you the way that I need to. And I need mm-hmm. to apologize. And I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. So I needed to be immediately obedient in that moment and work it out right then. Yeah. And so that's your question is, whenever the sermon is preached, it's, and here, here's why this is so important. Man, Bible studies are great. Christian books are great. What other pastors are preaching at, it's great. The sermon you heard, if you go to Sandals Church, is what the Holy Spirit has led the preacher to speak to you. Hmm. This is what God wanted you to hear this week. And so the question is, what are you gonna do with that? And a lot of people say, well, I'm gonna go study another book. I'm gonna go study another thing. And the question is, what are you gonna do with what you heard today? How do you work this out hmm. in your life? And once you start doing that, you're following Jesus. What am I going to do with the information I have? Not how am I going to get more information that I'm not going to be obedient to, mm. but what do I do? And so small groups typically struggle mightily with this. And I give you an example, the, the small group that I was in before, you know, we had staff members and pastors on our group and it drove me crazy. And I repeatedly said, guys, we're not doing the questions. We're not mm. doing the questions. These are people that work at Sandals. Mm-hmm. Because the group, we got into this funk of just sharing our weeks, mm-hmm. we couldn't get back. And so ultimately I just said, Hey, I love all of you guys. This has been great, but I'm going to be in another small group. And so when we started our new small group, I said to the group, I do not want to be in a group that is not doing what, what, what I'm right. asking the whole church to do. I yeah. want to be in a group that goes over these questions. And so from time to time, somebody might share something that's going on. Uh, like this week, we talked about one small group member for maybe 10 minutes. And then immediately we went into the questions mm. because that's what we want to work out. And then if there's time to talk about other things or if you need prayer for other things, we do that at the end, but we get to the questions because that's where the Holy Spirit has spoken. The scripture has been read to our church and we need to submit to that process. And I'm gonna lovingly say this, groups that do their own thing, that's not what, that's not God's thing. God's thing is we hear the message, we work it out in a group and then we live it out on a team. Mm. That's what we're trying to do at Sandals Church. And we're trying to keep it very, very simple, very, very, you know, easy to do, and that's what we want you to do. And you can go as deep as you want into the scriptures. You can go deeper. I mean, that's where mm-hmm. we have the debrief to go a little bit deeper 
and to talk about any question that you have, right. anything that you didn't understand, I wasn't clear on. Sometimes I say things wrong uh, and we can clarify that. But what I would do is, is I would start your own group mm. and I would say, as a group leader, go get your training. Our group is going to do the discussion questions. And say I'm that going from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to lead us uh, in that. And uh, otherwise, man, groups naturally over time fall away from what, yeah. what God wants to do in your life. Marriages do it. Friendships do it. Yeah. Christians do it, right? We, we, we slowly fall away and you got to bring it back. And so here's what I've discovered. Groups that repeatedly can't get it right, they need to break the group up and they mm. need to go start in a new situation because we're not gathering to hear all your problems. Like, mm. I no thank you. Like <laughs> yeah. literally go to soul care. That's what it's for. Yeah. We are here to work out what's been spoken. Uh, the prophetic word has been spoken. The Holy Spirit is convicting us and directing us to insert what's been said into my life. And what and groups that don't do that are saying, I'm not gonna do that. Mm. And again, statistically speaking, 97% of what you've heard is is gone by Tuesday, two days later. later. So you need to work that out. And, um, mm. you know, I, I have the advantage of spending, you know, 20 to 25 hours on the message for the week. You got it for 40 minutes max. Mm-hmm. I am still, I am the guy who wrote the message still really, really moved by what God has to say to me through our group, mm. through our time together. And, um, I, you know, I love our community group kind of, I love our questions. I love my former group. I know some of my former group, you know, listened to the debrief, but we repeatedly talked about this. Yeah. It's not just about sharing your week. And again, that's why it's so important for your group to be accountable about going to the weekend messages because people that aren't going to the weekend messages They've not heard it yeah. and they're not going to want to discuss it because they don't know it. And it's, it's built in accountability. There's a consistency yeah. there. Yeah. We, our group went through um similar thing where we found ourselves going to like 1030 at night. Yeah. Like, hey, we oh, can't wow. keep doing this. Yeah. So we put, we had to have some boundaries and said, Hey, from this time to this time, we're going to do this. And then we're, we're con- going to be more consistent with the questions and yeah. actually starting on time and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And that made a big change, oh, but yeah. it is, it is tricky though. Oh yeah. Um, at times to have to, yeah. feel like, hey, I want to get stuff out of my group, but I just don't know. I think what you said about go start a group and be that, set yeah. the tone for what you want your group to be. Yeah. Or don't yeah. be afraid to st- speak up in your group if you're not right. the leader, but you're noticing that you guys are falling. It's okay if you're a member of the group. Like that's, our group has an agreement. Like everyone mm. here in this group is responsible for that's how good. our group goes. So if you notice something, like speak up, say something, change something, yeah. which is really helpful so that it lets anyone in the group say, hey, I noticed we're going super late and we haven't even started the questions yet. Can we get on that? Like, it's really great. To yeah. And we had to have a conversation one time. We, one of our group members wasn't attending church and I was like, okay, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like we're here to discuss what God has said. And it's not what I've said. It's what God said. Mm-hmm. We're discussing, you know, your small group questions don't say Matt Brown said <laughs> it, it, it asks a question about what Jesus said, or it asks a question about what was said somewhere else in scripture. Mm-hmm. It's all directing you back to God. Right. What, what did God's word say to you and how do you work this out in your life? And if you're not wanting to do that, man, I would really, really look at my life and say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm probably like the Pharisee and I don't think I need this. Thank God I'm not like one of these people that needs to mm-hmm. share and work this out because I've got it all together. And what you've got all together is it's wrong and, yeah. and you've got to do that. And it's just so important that as a church, we keep it simple. Yeah. When you look at what the church did in the book of Acts is they met in the temple together corporately, then they met at homes and they try to meet each other's needs and they serve mm-hmm. one another. That's all we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, Sandals isn't trying to be Disneyland to fulfill your every spiritual fantasy. That's not, that's right. not what we're trying that's to so do. Weird. 
<laughs> well, that's what that's what churches try to right. do. Is yeah. like you know, we're trying. You know, we're not we're not a church. mall. A church. You know, right. where you can you can find all these things. It's like, look, man, it's real, real basic, and it's real simple. Jesus knows you have to live a real life. Yeah. He knows that. Um, and again, I said this week, a lot of pastors are unhealthy fives. They love. I mean, when I was in seminary, I mean, I was told spend forty hours in the week studying God's word. Well, what is that? What does that leave for decisions, strategy? <laughs> T- time with people. What it's saying is you get into your little castle mm-hmm. and you jump mm-hmm. into God's word and, and they wonder why their church isn't growing because how do how do you communicate something that you spent 40 hours on in 40 minutes? Yeah. yeah. Good luck yeah. with that. What I would say is cut it down to 10 hours and do, you know, break that one sermon into five mm-hmm. so that people can s- swallow it and right. digest mm-hmm. it. Otherwise it's just too much. And then what happens is you go to those churches and you say, wow, that guy is really smart. But what you're really saying is, I feel dumb. Mm-hmm. I feel really, really dumb. And and that's just sad. So guys, keep it super simple. Yeah. You know, work through this. You guys, listen to me. There's a year worth of meat in that one passage of two guys go to the temple to pray. Oh, yeah. There's a year there. So don't don't tell me, yeah, yeah, I got it. Um, I, I I've been <laughs> I've been chewing on that passage for 25 years. Mm. 25 years. Um you know, one of the questions this week in small group was, why does God care about the truth? Mm. And for whatever reason, people in our group asked me, I'm like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> and here's the reality. When that guy confessed his sin, there was nothing between him and God. Mm. He had intimacy. He was real with God in that moment. And when we don't learn to confess, we're not real. We, there's something between us and God. And you've got to learn to live in the truth as he is in the truth, as he's in the light, in your marriage, in your own life in community group and walking through questions of when, when have I needed a safe place to be real? Mm. Cause I've been in a place we, we did this um, like group seminar maybe 10 years ago where we got invited by this Christian leader and everybody's sharing all this deep, dark stuff. And it was really great. And then I shared, and I mean, I got hammered. Like it was so bad. I literally said, I'm never doing this again. You guys are terrible at this. I don't want to be a part of this. Mm. And it was something that I shared and, and, and people felt like I hurt my wife's feelings, which, had we not discussed it before, it, it would have, but they just smashed me. And I was just like, you know, what would have happened to that 16 year old girl? She said, I'm thinking about prostitution. And I'm like, you little, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's so important that we are mm. good handlers of real yeah. and that we, we handle that. And God is so good and so gracious to us when we come to him, you know, first John one, nine, he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness yeah. when we confess our sins. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to learn to do that. And, it's so important, you know, that sandals is real. And and let me just say this. Not everybody is. And some people are the fakest people you will ever meet at our mm. church. And I don't know why they're sitting in church, but it is not for God. It mm. is not to be real. And sometimes you're going to get in community group with those people. Here's what I would say is you're not going to be held accountable for those people. Mm. Paul is very clear. We will all stand before God, every single one of us. So you don't worry about them. You worry about the yeast of the Pharisees that's gotten in your life. Mm. And, um, man, I can just tell you as a person, you know, I'm a three who struggles incredibly with lying. Life is so much better when you're not lying. It is mm-hmm. so much better. You don't have to worry about what did I say? Am I going to get caught? Like all yeah. of that is gone yeah. and you just get to live. And, um, you know, I'm not anxious if my wife or somebody looks at my phone right. because there's nothing on there. Right. I'm not worried about that. Uh, I'm not worried if somebody looks at my computer. That is... 
I mean, right? The peace that surpasses all understanding. Man, mm-hmm. I found that simply by being truthful and being real mm. and learning to, you know, have those conversations. Um, you know, rather than look at porn, talk to my wife about lust. Mm. You know, and I remember the day my wife said, Man, if you're ever really struggling, she said, I want you to tell me so that I can, I can, I can help meet that need. And I'm like, oh, praise God. You mm-hmm. know, but we had that real talk. But I also had to hear her real talks about her need for emotional intimacy and yeah. sharing um, because I, I, I'm not naturally that way. Mm. So I have to meet that need and be there for her. So her mm. love tank is full. Yeah. And um, it's just so, it's just guys, it's just so, so important. Community group, if you're not interested in being in community group, you're really not interested in a part of Jesus. That's what I would say. He was here, mm. he had a three-year ministry. What was he in? A community group of 12 people for three years. Mm. So- yeah. You need to get in that. He didn't start, it just, he didn't start a Bible study. There's no like, you know, Jesus is teaching on Leviticus, you know, Jesus' expositional preaching of Genesis. He talked to the people, he talked to his disciples. And like this passage, you know, um, the one particularly where, where we got to where he said, hey guys, look at all these people. I want you to watch out. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees. Mm. Watch out for that fungus because it'll destroy your faith. Man, that's small group time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody got the sermon, but he that, that's a small group discussion. He said, yeah. look, this is how you work this out. Just because you heard the sermon doesn't mean you got real. So let's make sure that we're all honest. And one of the mm-hmm. guys in the group, Judas, never got real. Mm. And, and and he hung himself at the end of his life. It was really, really sad. So, so I get it. Some small groups are lame. And here's the thing is, if we try to make every small group perfect, you know, Sandals did this. We had a waiting list of like 1,200 people waiting oh, yeah. to get in groups. Mm-hmm. Were you at Sandals? Mm-hmm. It was terrible. It was, yeah, it didn't work. So, so you mean to have like the, just the perfect leader, just the perfect location. Yeah, everyone all that had kind to of be stuff. like, had gone it was, through all these yeah. classes. Oh man, and, we had, yeah. did all this training and literally we had 1,200 people waiting to get in groups. It was uh, awful. Mm-hmm. It was awful. Yeah. And so what we did is uh, we had a leader named Neil and he tore up the, the, it was a great moment. He ripped up the list and he said, everybody get in. Now, what that means is we got problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got non-Christians leading groups. We do. Yeah. We have alcoholics leading groups. We have drug addicts leading groups. Yes, we do. And if that's your leader, get out, you know, help mm-hmm. them, try to help them get real and get out. Um, but we would rather let the Holy Spirit move, let it grow. Um, you know, you can't tell me that in the book of Acts, when the church grew 5,000, 3,000 by one day, there weren't some idiots in there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yep. so what, what we want to do is get out of the way of growth mm. and say, okay, we're all committed to this. And that's you guys, if the people in your group consistently don't want to talk about the message that's telling you a message and what it's saying is, I don't really care about Jesus. I just Mm -hmm. got nothing to do on Sundays or Saturdays. Right. So, and there's an element of that. I think like you talked about some of that avoidance that can come up. Maybe if it's more of a direct, whoa, we're going there. We're talking, Mm -hmm. we're being real now. Hey, let me tell my story a little bit longer. And Oh, sorry. We didn't have time to get Mm -hmm. to the, there's, I mean, there's so many different reasons for that, but, making the decision to just not be in a group because there's going to be people that maybe don't do it how you would like them to. I think you're Mm -hmm. right. They're missing out. And part of being a Christian, a big part of it is loving people you don't like. Mm -hmm. That man, if it's everybody that you like, it's not a church, it's a club. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, I hear all these people, you know, that make fun of the mega church and I've got this little group of friends and we meet at a coffee shop. It's like, that's not the church. That's your friends. You just like Mm -hmm. all them. You just like all those people. Um, there's a lot of people at Sandals I would have nothing to do with, mm. but we're a church. And the reason we're mega is because we've made mega room and we have mega grace for people wherever mm. they're at. And we say, come on in. Yeah. And we're all going to try to figure this out together and work yeah. it out together. And, and, and we need you to do that. And mm. so 
there are pros and cons. Um, mm. You know, you can be a part of a church that is literally like a seminary or a college for the rest of your life, and they're going to reach nobody. Mm. They're going to reach nobody. Yeah. Like I, I, I had a friend, he was in, their, their church was in the book of Matthew for 30 years. I'm like, I think there's a reason you can read it in three hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not even three hours, but probably like yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how fast you read, but I'm like, man, 30 can years, you imagine? Yeah. No, they never even got yeah. to the book of Acts. It's like, jeez, people, yeah. people died and didn't hear about the Holy Spirit. It's like, come on. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. It looked like somebody's been a member for 20 years. Don't worry, he rises. You know? <laughs> hey, spoiler. We're going to get yeah, Spoiler alert. It's going to take a few years, oh, but man. guess what? Um, so actually, one of the things that you mentioned in your message this weekend, you ended that story of the tax collector and the Pharisee with the verse, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Um, and I noticed for myself, you talked also about the types, I'm a nine, I'm the peacemaker. Mm. And so I can tend to be passive and sort of see everyone else's side. And so often I've thought of speaking up or being declared about any of my wants or needs or ideas as being exalting myself. Mm -hmm. And instead I've chosen like, oh, I'm just going to be humble mm -hmm. not say anything. But how can those of us who maybe struggle with being declarative learn how to speak up without forsaking humility? Like how do you find yeah. humility? while doing I, I think nines are good at being declarative when it's something they don't want to do. That's what I found with nines. So I think nines. My probably yelling amen right now. Sorry. Nines are great at getting out of stuff. So that's what you have to be careful is, am I being declarative because I don't want to do this? Um, mm. What you need to be declarative about is um, like, like when we're in a meeting, nines tend to not contribute with ideas or here's my thought. And so mm. that's when I think that nines have to be declarative when they have something to contribute. Mm. Like here, here's the discussion here's what I think, but you know, the eights and the threes and the sevens are battling it out to the death over whose idea is the greatest. And oftentimes, you know, the nine um, has has a great idea that that kind of will flow right in the middle of everybody else's, you know, mm -hmm. the eights and the sevens and threes, we can be really polarizing, mm -hmm. uh, particularly eights, it's this way and no other way. Uh, <laughs> and, and the nines, I mean, can you imagine if we had more nines in Congress, right? It yeah. would be very, very helpful. Yeah. Because the reality is just Democrats and Republicans elected. are never going to agree. They're yeah. not. And this, I, I can't stand it when people are like, we need to pray for unity. I'm like, if you not studied American history, <laughs> you got to have the nines who go, hey, nobody's getting what they want. Here's where we got to meet in the middle. Mm. And uh, the problem is Democrats and Republicans make celebrities of uncompromising people. And, um, you know, mm. you can be mad at Trump all day, but Obama did the same thing. Yeah. You know, when they passed Obamacare, they didn't even invite uh, Republicans to the meeting. Because mm. they didn't need them because they had a super majority. But yeah. so so both sides do it and it's ridiculous. And so what we got to do is we got to make sure that we're inclusive. And here's the thing I've learned mm. about nines is they oftentimes have the best ideas, but they're the last to give them. Mm. And so, hey, I need to hear, I need to hear what you're saying. Um, so I, I just don't think nines exalt themselves. I, I have not met an arrogant nine. Um, I, I just don't see that. Um, you know, their pride tends to come off on, yes, I'll do that, but they don't. You know, so yeah, I'll do that, but I don't. So I just don't think exaltation is, you know, hey, have you seen everything I've done? That's more of the two. Mm. Let me tell you about all the ways that I served and helped everybody today and all the things that I did. You know, twos, it's really, really important to, or, or for the three, let me tell you how amazing I am, mm. right? Matt Brown show, here we go. So <laughs> um, I just, I, I have not met a nine who struggles with that. Do you feel like you struggle with that? Um, I don't know. I I contend on the self-righteous side of like, oh, I followed all the rules. Well, that's your one, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not so much on the like, oh, look at like, look at all these great things I did. But it's more like, oh, I followed the rules. I did everything right. Like, yeah. That side. Yeah. That's the one in you. Yeah. Which there's a lot, man. There's a lot of ones. Just be really careful. <laughs> hey, that helped your life a lot. <laughs> it during does. The days I was your uh -huh. It does. So. No, no, dude. I, I love me some ones because 
because man, they make the world go round. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. And so I, I just really, really appreciate healthy mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. We're pursuing health in all areas. Yeah. So what about you? Have you struggled with pride? Do you think that way? Or so Probably. was it exalting? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe not so much with this, like what she was saying about that struggle of, do I, do I speak up? Do I not? Um, yeah, I think it's more of that internal pride. I don't know. Maybe that's I'm a high two and a high three. I'm tied for my yeah. second is that. So, um, but yeah, that's, I, I, I think in a different, slightly different way, but pride has definitely been a part of my struggle yeah. for sure. Well, here's how I would think the nine would, here's how I've seen nine struggle with pride is nines just are at a different pace mm-hmm. than, uh, than the other numbers. And oftentimes their, their running looks like others jogging. Mm-hmm. And so what you may have to do organizationally, like cause Stephanie's been here a long time. You may have to allow others to, to promote above you, even though they've been here less because they just run at a different pace. It doesn't right. mean your comp- contribution is less, right. but like in leadership, you have to do what you do. You have to juggle what others do. Um, you know, th- there's just more on your plate yeah. and nines uh, have a certain amount of energy and you have to, Andy Stanley, and he may be a nine. He's the first leader I ever said this. He said, don't manage your calendar, manage your energy. And that's mm-hmm. gotta be a nine statement. <laughs> and I was like, wow, because nines have less energy maybe than the other numbers, but they can do more things if they can get organized. So mm-hmm. nines tend to leave projects unfinished. So do less so that you can do more. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've heard not only Andy Stanley, but Craig Rochelle say, in order to do more, you have to do less. Yeah. And so how can I do less? And so, you know, for the nine, how can I give up position? Yeah. And so as the, as the church grows and in life, in order for sandals to grow, people have to give up position, power, and prestige. Mm. Those are the things that they have to let go of. Otherwise the organization can't move forward. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, all of us, I think what mm. Stephanie is being honest about, all of us struggle with pride. It's oh, yeah. just not the motivator right. behind it. And so um, just... You know, maybe the pride is I don't want to have my idea shot down, so I'm not going to say it. You know, yeah. so so I'm not going to contribute. Yeah, yeah there that's you go. Good. Yeah, and so the rest of us numbers, and I think once we did the enneagram training, mm-hmm. I've gotten better at okay. The nines have said nothing, mm-hmm. so I need to hear from you, Steph. I need to hear from you from Matt Ritchie, and so you know, at some point, John, yeah. I need you to speak up and give that because mm. like the eights are running us over with mm-hmm. what's obvious, and it's yeah. like okay, no, I hear what you're saying, but <laughs> let's let the nines because mm. you remember nines are in that power triad. Mm. So, you know, the eight, nine, one, and she's dead center because she's nine, one. So it's, it's that it's the power triad. And a lot of people think nines aren't strong. Well, you try to get them to do what they don't want to do. And you're going to discover <laughs> um, they're super strong. Uh-huh. So, man, that's a great mm. question. That is a great question. And all of our, and all of our people that don't want the Enneagram are lost. So sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, and like we said before, you can still um, jump online and yeah. find a way to uh, join in one of our real workshops. Oh, for sure. And, or go back and listen to all the episodes we've done on each of the yeah, types of the Enneagram. Absolutely. Um, along that line, uh, Francisca asks, I'm a high five on the Enneagram. I'm very um, introverted and value privacy and time alone. Uh, I'm 25. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. I'm 25 and I have been currently dating my first boyfriend for several months. He is truly a God-fearing man, respectful, compassionate, oh, and good. always helping others. It's fantastic. Yeah. However, I'm having a difficult, I'm having difficulty being vulnerable and navigating what it means to be in a relationship is still terrifying for me. Mm. I truly am genuine. I truly genuinely like this man, but I can't help but feel uh, he deserves someone better, someone mm. who isn't so reserved. I loathe myself for not being more social and open uh, with him when he deserves someone who is, uh, uh, who, who he deserves someone who it is. I know this man is truly rare. As a five, how do I let God take the wheel? 
Yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah, no, that, man, there's there. a lot there. Yeah. So it sounds like, and I, I don't have her test in front of me, but she's, when she said that uh, she struggles with vulnerability, that's mm. the eight. The eight is afraid mm. of vulnerability. And eights and fives are very, very linked together. Oftentimes, yeah. um, they're very, very close. And so a lot of my friends that are high eights have high five mm. and they, they go back and forth. And so that's what I would say. So the vulnerability is releasing control. Mm. The five struggles with greed. So holding your information, holding things tight. And so, you know, it sounds like to me where the devil's winning in your life is he's told you, you don't have things to give. And so as a five, mm. you, you deeply understand things. I, what I would say is it sounds like you deeply understand your weaknesses where you need to grow in is understanding your strengths and your beauty. So mm. she seems like a person that's on the side of, you know, the tax collector who says there's nothing good in me. Right. Well, okay. But man, that guy went justified, went home justified because Jesus loves him. So mm. why does Jesus love him? Well, there's, there's, God's image in there. So she's got to find that. And here's the other thing is, is don't confuse personality with beauty, mm. right? Mm. So a lot of people think, oh my gosh, this person's, you know, so attractive and so winsome and, and you know, they're so mm. outgoing and so extroverted. Well, those people oftentimes are all over the place, you know, and, yeah. and so oftentimes people that are like that need someone like you to ground them, to, to be steady. Mm. Uh, and the beauty of the five is, is when they, uh, become intimate with you in terms of you opening themselves up, man, it, it's deep, mm -hmm. it's super deep, but you're gonna have to constantly work at, you know, letting yourself allow people that are in. And let me just say this, you're gonna get hurt, yeah. you're gonna get burned. Yeah, Those things are gonna happen. Um, you know, so here's what, what I would say to a five, don't let one bad relational experience wreck the rest of your relational experiences. Just mm -hmm. don't do that because from time, from time to time, we're gonna run into somebody who's foolish, evil, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, just, I don't know, mischievous or something. Don't allow that to happen. Um, I just, I just think you're selling yourself short. And here's the thing is he must like something about you. Right. Yeah. So what is that? And the way you've described him sounds like he's got he it together. He might be a good guy. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, and that part, and it breaks my heart when you hear that, that she loathed, she said, I loathe myself for not being more social. I think that part of what we think in our mind of this is, this is what it means to be a great, maybe friend or a great maybe spouse someday, something like that. Um, and God has made her unique and made mm -hmm. her her. And so to loathe yourself for not being what someone else right. is, is not mm -hmm. saying, but this is who God's made me to be. Mm -hmm. Now there's probably some unhealthy, maybe some pieces in there being able to invite invite others into some of those deep water yeah. thoughts. But mm -hmm. to, to be in a spot like that is to say, look, your identity's in Christ. If that's mm -hmm. who you are mm -hmm. surrendered to, that's where your identity comes from. And being able to work that out with someone who loves and cares mm -hmm. about you, mm -hmm. that's beautiful. That's that oh, yeah. beauty and brokenness mm -hmm. uh, tension, I think. Yeah. yeah. And here's what I, you know, my, my prayer for her is that she gets in a small group where people can help her see mm. her beauty, yeah. help her see, you yeah. know, her giftedness and the things that she has to offer. And, um, you know, a lot of my best friends are fives because I can't stand Matt Browns. I mean, I'm like, if I'm around <laughs> a Matt Brown, I'm exhausted. I'm like, good <laughs> Lord, buddy, there can only be one of us, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> It just, yeah. it, Matt Browns are exhausting. We just are. And so- um, <laughs> Isn't there another Matt Brown on staff? No. Oh, not yet. Not yet. Th there's or a guy it? named Matt Brown from, I, he's like from Minnesota that we're working with for marketing. It's weird. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so if Matt, if you're listening, we love you. Yeah. Different Matt Brown. Yeah. He's much more successful on, <laughs> on Twitter than I am on the Twitter. <laughs> on the Twitters. Um, yeah. But, but, but that's what I would say yeah. is get yourself in, in, in a healthy group. And, and here's the thing, ultimately- that if you can't learn to love yourself, you're not going to be able to love him or any guy. Mm. So, so part of intimacy and freedom mm. in a relationship is saying, um, 
I have something to offer. I, I am bringing something to, to this moment. And mm-hmm. so ultimately what's gonna happen is like long-term, let's say you marry this guy, you're never gonna you know feel open and, and invite him into all of who you are. And that's gonna affect your marriage long-term. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to be confident. And um, you know, it's why I, I, I wasn't very good early on in our marriage at saying the things that I liked about Tammy. What mm-hmm. I was good at was saying the things that I thought needed to improve. Cause I thought God had called me to be your coach. Hmm. <laughs> which meant I sit on the bench. So that's what it means. <laughs> so I learned very quickly that what I need to do, cause my wife's a six. And so she's mm. afraid of everything. She's high one. She has her own internal critic. Mm. Uh, I need to constantly be saying, you're beautiful. You're amazing. I need to set her free to be, um, be all of who she is because I can be an intimidating person and mm. allow her to feel like she has something to bring to the table mm. and something to be, you know, um, something to give. Yeah. And so that's what she needs to do is, and, and so communicate to your boyfriend. I'm really struggling feeling like I don't have something to give here. Mm-hmm. Can you help pull me out of my castle mm. and, and, and put me in situations and just know small group is always going to be terrifying. Serving is always going to be terrifying for you. It's all, and just, just chalk it up to obedience. Yeah. Lord, I am being obedient. I wish you mm-hmm. saved me and me alone and killed everyone on this planet. You know, and you probably don't feel that way, but you certainly want less people. Right. You know, it's gotta be terrible to be a five now with 9 billion people. I mean, for most yeah. of human history, you could walk into the woods and that was it. You just were on your own. You yeah. five out. So, you know, nowadays you, you, you can't do that. So try, mm. you know, just ask him and say, I mean, this is scary. Sit down and say, would you, and give him some time. Give me five things that you really like about me mm-hmm. because I'm struggling liking mm-hmm. things about myself. So tell him why, be honest. I'm really, really struggling. Like I don't have something to give to this relationship. Mm-hmm. Can you, can, what do you see in me that I'm failing to see in myself? And mm-hmm. that is so powerful. It's why at our kids' birthdays, we do affirmations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's what I like about you. Here's what I've seen in you. And I like to do with our kids is, here's where you were last year. And here's how I've seen you grow this year. Oh, that's cool. good. You know, so man, look, look at what mm-hmm. you've overcome and, and remind yourself of that. And like, if you're a five, you need to celebrate Hey guys, I went to small group. Hey guys, I've yeah. been in a small group for for a year. Yeah. Hey guys, I led in a small group. You know, I mean, right? You need to celebrate those moments because mm-hmm. what's super for easy for me as a three or an eight is terrifying for the five. Oh, yeah. And so I, you know, the nine, I was declarative. Mm-hmm. I said this, you know, I I contributed to the group this way. That's mm-hmm. really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just would say, you are beautiful. You are amazing, yeah. obviously, because the way you, what's so beautiful is the way you've described the guy you're dating lets us know who you are as a person. Right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Great question. Yeah. yeah. So the next two questions are actually pretty similar, and they come in from Joshua and our friend Gabby, who is out in Houston with a group Yay. out there. Hey, Gabby. Um, we love Houston. Awesome. So Houston, we've their... got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll read both of their questions. You'll see they're pretty similar. Joshua says, my brother has always been very outspoken, but recently he has become very angry at even the smallest things. And he takes out his anger by cussing and talking down on people around me. Mm. His behavior has gotten very bad to the point that as much as it pains me to say, I no longer see much good in him. Mm. He proclaims that he's a Christian and frequently goes to church with me, but does not seem to have any true desire to change. How should I approach the situation? And how do I show a reluctant brother that he needs to change? And then Gabby wrote in and said, one of my close friends who I've been friends with for many years is in a different season of her life than I am. She's starting not to be a positive Christian role model in my life, and I'm starting to become really concerned for her and our friendship. I don't want to lose her as a friend, but I know I can't have her negativity and bad influence in my life when I'm trying to be obedient in my faith with Jesus. She won't listen to any of my advice or others, so talking to her has not been going well. What should I do? I know the correct answer is not to be around her as much, but we have so much history, and she's one of my best friends. Right. Okay, so Mm -hmm. let's start with the brother question first. My first question is, is he using drugs? Is he looking at porn? What you're describing here is a, 
is a very, very stark, you know, like change. So he's mm, always been angry, but yeah. it's gone, it's gone over the top. And so I would just ask him, say, Hey, what's going on? Here's what I'm noticing. You seem to be super critical. Yeah. Is something happened? Is there some way I can love you? Is there some way I can serve you? Is there some way I can help you? And then just be honest, you're scaring me. Mm. Like who you're becoming is scaring me. Um, and, and approach it from the aspect of love as opposed to a critical spirit, because we don't know what's going on with him. Mm. Uh, make sure you're not in a position where you're in danger, where you're going to get hurt. Yeah. You know, where something bad's going to happen to you. So maybe, you know, have this conversation in a public place. And if he has an outburst, just say, lovingly say, look at your, look at what you're doing. Do you mm. hear yourself? Do you hear what you're saying? So oftentimes, and this was my mistake, you know, um, I would meet people's emotion with the same level of emotion. And so when somebody's hmm. getting louder, you have to train yourself to get softer. You have to train yourself, uh, you know, especially like if he's an eight, eights don't hear themselves. They don't see themselves. They're completely yeah. unaware of what they're doing. And right. so you have to invite them to say, do you hear yourself? Mm -hmm. hmm. Do you see yourself? Um, you know, do you hear how loud you're being? Do, mm. do you hear the profanity that's coming out of your mind? Do you hear these things? Like, mm. like this is not who I know you want to be. And I certainly know it's not who God has mm. called you to be. How can I help you change? Um, and, and be really careful because, you know, siblings, it's a really, really tough situation. You know, I, I have a brother, um, you know, he's a pastor, he's doing great, but you know, he's asked me not to speak, you know, into his life in terms of the church. So I've honored that. I just, I just don't yeah. do it. And, mm. um, because he's a grown man, yeah, you know, and he's got his own church and he's got his own community and he's got his own people around him. And, um, I've got to honor that. And so that's a hard thing. We talked about this in staff meeting, Jesus let people go yeah. and we've got to learn to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I love you, but I'm going to let you go and, I, and I'm going to let you go your way. And so, um, you know, so where has your brother given you input? Where mm -hmm. have they invited you in? And so my brother hasn't blocked me out of everything. He's given me input uh, to certain areas. And so we talk about those areas Yeah. Um, because I don't get to dictate what areas of intimacy, I don't get to force myself into every area of my sibling's life. I get to speak to areas where I've been invited. Mm. And let me just tell you this in general, if people haven't invited to you, you into an area, you're wasting your breath. Yeah. You're the fool. They might be in sin, but you're the idiot. Mm. And I'm trying not to say idiot. <laughs> 2019. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, so just, just know that. And you can only go into areas where you've been invited. And when someone asks you not to speak into an area, you need to honor that. Mm. You know, hey, I, I don't want to hear about this. Um, because oftentimes what speaks loudly, like for example, you know, I've had people say, Hey pastor, I don't want you to talk about money with me. Okay. Mm -hmm. What, where do you want me to talk about? Where can I speak to you mm. about? L let's talk about that. And oftentimes we make this mistake all the time. We talk about the one thing they don't want to talk about. So like a gay person coming to church, what's the one thing they probably don't want to talk about? Being, yeah, gay. being yeah. gay. So yeah. let's talk about other things. Let's talk about your relationships, your heart. Like wh where else can... Uh, the gospel penetrate their life. Where, where else can we have an opportunity to mm. speak wisdom, speak truth? And rather than going after the, you know, it's just like, look, mm. man, whatever. Um, you know, like around, you know, Thanksgiving, like if you're a Republican and everybody's Democrats, maybe don't talk about politics. <laughs> maybe talk about something else yeah. or vice versa. If, if you know, you're the lone Democrat and everybody's Republicans, find some area that's not combative. And that's the thing is it sounds like your brother's super combative. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and and when you fight, you both lose. Yeah. So Paul says, do not repay evil with evil, but overcome it with good. 
And so how can you, it's Gabby, right? Uh, this is Joshua. This one's with Joshua with oh, Joshua. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Joshua, how can you lovingly allow your brother, right? Because again, he'll stand before God. Mm. Let him do that. And how can you maintain the relationship and friendship? Um, because, you know, my brother and I, we disagree on many things, but what's important to me is the relationship. Yeah. So I want to maintain that relationship. And um, I don't, I don't think my brother's a bad guy at all. I think he's a really good guy, but we we see the world about as differently as you could possibly can. Mm. Um, it's hard to imagine two dudes came from the same family, but <laughs> what we do. Um, yeah, I can remember a clear time with my brother when um, this is a long, long time ago where there was a moment as very unhealthy nine, just kind of retreating and mm -hmm. not saying anything. And, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Kind of, I'll have that chat tomorrow because he was more outspoken than I right. was and all of that. It came down to this moment where it was a silly thing where I, you know, had used a, a pan in the, in the, in the kitchen that he, he didn't want me to or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he just lost it and his anger. And there was a lot of other stuff going on. Mm -hmm. um, but in that moment where I typically, I would have just, oh, oh, and kind of yeah. retreated and, and not um, engaged. I, I just... I just said, I, I feel like you care more about this than you do mm. me mm -hmm. as your brother. And it was that one statement that just, oh, he hadn't even realized mm. that there was this kind of angry monster that was coming out. And mm. it took us on this whole new path in our relationship and our friendship as brothers and whatnot. But um, it can be scary at times if someone is that outspoken, that powerful, that um, you, you made a comment about being able to meet invite that but then not engage with them in the mm -hmm. same level of all that's really good yeah um, other things that you can think of that would be a good for joshua to to you know someone that's a, maybe a little intimidating to mm -hmm. be able to engage well with. yeah my brother's an eight on the enneagram uh probably eight nine or nine eight i'm mm -hmm. i don't i don't know um he would say he's an eight but i, I would say he's an eight nine nine eight somewhere in there but definitely in the power triad mm -hmm. we went to counseling together mm -hmm. so i said hey Let's go together. We went together, and then we went to, to uh, mediation together with a with a we, I would call a bishop. If you know what that is, it's a person that oversees pastors. So we went yeah. to our bishop and we sat down and we met, and ultimately we didn't end up agreeing hmm. on everything. And you know, he planted a church in Chicago, which he loves. He's doing great, and obviously Sandals has done great. But it's saying what's more important is the relationship. Like you made the statement, mm. uh, I feel like you value this pan more than me, and so it's just really, really clear that. You know, at the end of my life, I want my brother to know that I, lo I love him, even yeah. if we don't agree, you know, even if we've had to overcome great conflict that, that he's more important than, because right, I'm a three. So mm -hmm. my natural thing is to be all about success mm -hmm. versus relationship. And yeah. so threes, we can get really, really lost in, in, in relationships with ourselves and others because mm -hmm. we're so goal oriented. And so I've got to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm interested in him. How are you doing? You know, how, mm -hmm. what's going on? Um, because my go-to, which it's interesting, right? He asked not to talk about church because that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, look, look yeah. what's going on. Look what's happening. I'm a three, you know, watch me do this dance. Well, you know, that's mm. just, and so I have to honor that, but go, go to the extraordinary steps. And, and here's the other thing I would say is, is give it time. You mm. know, um, there was a season where my brother and I really struggled. And then, you know, I feel like we're doing much better now and, mm -hmm. and we have we have a much healthier relationship. I still think there's growth. There's a lot of growth yeah. for both of us to continue to grow because um, 
you know, when you become your own man, you have your own understanding. We have our own right. churches, like, right? Like yeah. we're both the leader at our church. And so we're used to getting our way, you know, <laughs> making the decisions. Yeah. And that's when you get two of those in a room, that's, that's fun. Um, <laughs> so yeah. that's just what I would say is mm -hmm. God's called you to love your family. So be mm. very, very careful how you speak. I made a lot of mistakes. I wish I would have known what I know now, 10 years mm. ago when my brother and I began to try to tackle in an unhealthy way, our issues. Mm. Um, and some of those were on him, but a lot of them was on me. Mm. And so, um, you know, especially, I don't know if she's the older or he's the older person. I'm the older brother. You, you know, yeah. you just got to really be aware of birth order. Yeah. There's great books that, to read about that in, in terms of how a younger sibling hears what you're saying. Hmm. Um, so, man, I didn't know any of that either, you know, because I was never the little brother. Right. Yeah. So I don't know what it feels like. And it's funny, some of the things that my brother complained about growing up, I've heard my younger children complain about. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. so I've heard that. Okay, yeah, I've heard that <laughs> yeah. before. So something that maybe yeah. I thought was ridiculous, I'm like, oh, okay, I can see that. You know, and so mm. my parents are both the oldest. So mm. my mom and dad are both the oldest. So they, you know, they dominated so their, yeah. so, you know, my poor brother, you know, was the only one who ever knew what it meant to be the younger sibling. So, mm. um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Firstborns are, can be very challenging. So let's talk about Gabby. Yeah. So now we have Gabby. Gabby. So Gabby, you know what you need to do. You, you've got to release. If you, if you can't let go of her, you're, you're, you're going to let go of Christ. You're literally in this position where mm -hmm. in order to grow in Christ, you have to release. Yes. You have a past. Yes. And, and you can talk about that. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to move forward, you're going to have to relinquish the intimacy that you're building with her because mm. she doesn't want to grow. She doesn't want to go where you're going. And here's the thing that Jesus teaches us. Jesus teaches us how to lovingly let go. Mm. So if you're not if you're not where God wants you, why do you break up with somebody? Oh, they're lame. They're terrible. You know, and I hear Christians, I left that church because it wasn't getting fed. Like it's always a negative reason. Right. Well, sometimes the positive reason is I want to go here. Like what's a positive reason to go to Sandals? Because you want to learn how to be real versus mm -hmm. saying, I hated my other church. They right. were fake, whatever else. Mm -hmm. Well, let's not, let's not say that yeah. because that's not godly. That's the, that's the church of God. We need, to, we need to not do that. Let's talk about what God's calling you to at Sandals and mm -hmm. why you're here. And it's really, really important that you do that. You can let go of relationships for positive reasons. Mm -hmm. You can, yeah. I wanna grow. Um, you know, just like for our young listeners, not all of your young friends wanna do well in school want to be successful. You're going to have to let go of your pot smoking, never going to school, never yeah. get, you know, Peter Pans that don't want to grow up. You got to let them go. Otherwise you're going to get stuck where they are. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to find a way out of those relationships. And again, Jesus calls every disciple to leave where they are and to come where he is. Mm. And so it doesn't mean that you abandon your friend. It just means that you sell out for Jesus and you say, Hey, look, I love you. And, and we can talk about this, but I've got a lesson this and here's why you have a responsibility to lead other people to Christ, yeah. to disciple other people. And when you continue, here's what I see about people that don't release old friendships that aren't Christian. It helps me realize where their heart is. Mm -hmm. When you're holding on to what's in the past, and why is that? Because you can get away with stuff. Oh, yeah. They're not gonna hold you mm -hmm. accountable. They're you not gonna really call you out. Compared to them, yeah. 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 So, yeah. No, that's good. Um, kind of along the same lines here, uh, Nicole, writes in similar with some of the friendship situations. She's a college student who's currently living in the dorms. She says, um, I've, I, I've had other girls who I live with tell people that they hate me and call me names because I don't involve myself with the hookup scene and hookup scene and drink like they do. Hmm. And it's really hard to get 
uh, discouraged or angry with people. Um, she's stealing, uh, dealing with that. How do I stop myself from getting angry instead to show them love when they are constantly talking about me in that way? Sounds yeah. like she's in a hard spot there yeah. in her dorm. Well, what I'm curious about, it's Nicole, right? Mm -hmm. What I'm curious about is I don't know that I believe that the reason they're upset with you is you're not hooking up and drinking. Mm -hmm. So my question is, mm -hmm. what are you doing that's offending people or putting mm -hmm. people off? Oh, yeah. So I, I know that's hard, mm -hmm. but instead of assuming the issue here is your righteousness, let's ask, could it be my sin? Could it, could it be mm -hmm. something that I'm doing? So your assumption is it's something you're not doing. Mm -hmm. I'm just asking, could it be something that you're doing? Are you coming off self-righteous? Are you coming mm. off better than? Are you making mm. them uncomfortable? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And let me affirm, I don't want you to hook up. I don't want you to do that. Right. I don't want you to go out and get drunk. I think those are good decisions. But mm. in that, you know, how can you not be like the Pharisee in Luke 18? Mm -hmm. Thank God I'm not like one of these sluts, right? Okay, mm. well, that that's offensive. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, let, let me say this, women can be horrible to each other. And, mm. um, you know, um, oh. you know, it, it's interesting. You know, we, we talk a lot about the glass ceiling in our culture. When you read about female executives and their rise to the top, mm. they talk about other women. It's other women that cut their legs out, take them out, like, mm -hmm. because mm. they turn, they, they tend to turn on each other. And it's really, really frightening mm. um, because women tend to be jealous of the success of other women. Like one of my favorite uh, movies we love to watch at Christmas time is The Intern. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh man, if you haven't seen it, it's so good. But you know, he goes to this, uh, he's her assistant. He's like her seven year old right. assistant. He goes to this birthday party where all these moms are just ripping this woman who's doing it, man. She owns right. her own company. She's living the life and he's calling them out. And he's like, right. Like she's doing it. You should be celebrating that. You should. Yeah. And, and they're not, <laughs> they're completely angry yeah. at this woman who's successful because she's running a multi-million dollar company. Doesn't have time for a birthday party. Well, mm. Let's let's give her some grace and let's let's celebrate her and we need to do that. We like I'm a, us women. We need to we need to do that. And, yeah. and it's not that men aren't that way. I just think we're not as clever. Like I think women are smarter. You know, there's a reason the devil talked to the woman because you know she could relate. You know, like talk and and, and you know the dude's like Ugh, me man. You know, I, I think that the devil gets in relationally a whole lot easier with women because they're so much more gifted in that area than we mm -hmm. are as guys. And you got to really, really watch that. So oh, yeah. don't assume mm -hmm. it's your righteousness that's causing the offense. Now- Oh yeah, I could totally ahead. speak to this because I, yeah. I was Nicole in college. You, were? Mm. Um, well, you, were, you weren't in the hookup scene? Well, I was for a little <laughs> bit and then got out. Mm. And then I would have said, oh, I'm just, I'm doing the right thing. I'm going mm. to church, I'm doing all this. Looking back in hindsight, now I realized I was totally being self-righteous. And I know mm. like, I don't think that I come across judgy, but I totally do. Mm. Um, and so once I left the hookup scene, stopped getting drunk with all my friends all the time, all of a sudden I was like, oh, they hate me. They're so mean to me now. I'm over here like being this great Christian girl, but I was being rude. I'm passive aggressive by nature. Mm. And I know that, I know now that was definitely coming out. And if, mm. what is really sad about it is that that ended all of those relationships with girls who don't know Jesus, mm. uh, with girls who I had incredibly close relationships yeah. with who you're not going to live in the dorms forever. You're not going to have yeah. this opportunity forever to live with people who don't aren't Christians. All my friends now they're, are Christians for the most part. And I'm ruined an opportunity, I think, to have hmm. a real influence in girls' lives that I was close with um, who now are completely on the other side of stuff. And it was because they saw me leave the hookup scene, stop drinking, start going to church. 
and I became a total jerk. Like I was a jerk mm. for Jesus for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't have said I was at the time, but I know I was. And so, yeah, I would take a look at how you're actually coming across. I know it can get frustrating when yeah. your roommate's coming in drunk and you're over it and you are probably letting her know in one way or another that you're not about that. And mm-hmm. she's no, she's picking up on it. And instead she's going to think, oh, we'll see. That's how all Christians are. Yeah. They're just, they're going to judge me for this. She's going to think that I'm a slut or whatever. Um, see what you can do to love them. And yeah, mm-hmm. don't participate when they're doing, but you can still be their friend and you can still find ways to love them and set aside your self-righteousness for their sake. Cause I promise you that opportunity is not going to last forever. Yeah. I mean, the hard question is Nicole is literally, Hey, what am I doing? That's making you guys so upset mm-hmm. Yeah, and be yeah. ready to say, I am so sorry for that. And I mean, that some, is spiritual growth. And there's mm-hmm. something in there too, um, where she said, I've heard others say to other people, mm-hmm. it sounds like there's some layers of, you know, kind of the rumor things oh, going yeah, yeah. on. There may not be it's full blown college girl drama. Yeah. yeah. So, the, that discouragement mm-hmm. to to be able to like exactly what you said to say this is an opportunity mm-hmm. yeah what an opportunity to be in a place to have the truth to have the light and not I'm better than you because but I've been saved and I want yeah. to I'm share to this with you now. and and love you maybe through yeah the, whatever the scenarios are that her roommates are in yeah, yeah. um I think I'm going to say it this week in the message so sound surprised uh, <laughs> but talking about other people's sin is gossip mm-hmm. talking about your own is godly. Mm. Like, and so just, just try to talk about, Hey, what have I done? Mm-hmm. How can I repent? Um, you know, I had to have a meeting with, I shared with you guys a staff meeting, mm. uh, an employee that we let go six years ago. Mm. And I wasn't really sure why that happened, mm. but, um, she was upset with me, um, for some things and she was afraid to tell me. And I said, please tell me how I've hurt you and sinned against you so that I can have an opportunity to repent mm-hmm. and ask for forgiveness. And when I said that, I wish you could have seen her face. Mm-hmm. It just put her at ease. And she just said, you know, here, here, here's what's happening. And mm-hmm. I invited that because I am a sinner and I do make mm-hmm. mistakes and I do blow it. And, um, you know, there's such freedom, you guys, in saying, man, that was, that was sinful. That was mm-hmm. ugly. I, I can't believe I did that. Please, please accept my humble apology. And I'm going to yeah. repent of that. And I'm going to commit to you. I'm not doing that again. And that's what repentance means. It means that was bad. I'm not going to do that anymore. So. Mm-hmm. That, that's it's a fancy word, but people don't know what to do with that because nobody mm-hmm. nobody in our culture is trained to say, "Yep, I did that. I was wrong." Mm-hmm. Right. Our whole culture is blaming. It's not my fault. Excuse, it's this group. Yeah. It's that group. It's this person. It's that person. Yeah. You know, there's there's no. Re- I have not contributed at all to my hmm. you know yeah. life that's terrible. Yeah. So okay, well, yeah, yeah, that's tough. great question, Nicole. Yeah, I'll be praying question. for you. Yeah, yeah. Don't sleep around. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing, but yeah. yeah, try to be nice at the same time. It's hard. I know. That's good. Um, well, let's go ahead and wrap up there, folks. We've got a couple yeah. great questions we're going to save for next week. I can't yeah. see you as the wild party girl. It was a short-lived time, but mm-hmm. she was there. <laughs> yeah. So, it's yeah. been a while. It's been yeah. like 10 yeah. years. 10 years. More than that, actually. Mm-hmm. But yeah. When I first met Stephanie, she was like lurking in the shadows at Sounds Church. <laughs> I was like, she, she's a, she used to be a lurker. She's not anymore. I was super, well, I was super quiet. I was a nine. I was like, oh, I can't like go over there and like. Say hi. Say to hi. Like, yeah. Like I, I, I literally one day I'm like, hey guys, who's that super tall girl that's always around like in the shadows? Like, what <laughs> is she doing? You were lurking. You're a lurker. Uh, Not good. anymore, but you were. Yeah, probably. I like it. Yeah, well. yeah, it was funny. And so I finally I think I think when we really started to get to know each other is when you worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. But it was hilarious. Well, yeah, I didn't even I'm like, really who's this person like... lurking in the shadows that I now know all the time? Yeah. So <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, funny. you're gonna assist Patrick Matt. I'm like, who? 
What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid of him. So yeah. it worked out great though. That's what uh, the number one thing I hear from employees when they get hired at church, they're like, it's so weird. And I'm like, what? To see you in the office. I'm like, oh yeah. This is where I work. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like, the first time I had to sit down and like talk to you about uh, something for work and I was like, okay, okay, be cool. It's fine. Yeah. Don't be afraid. He's probably pretty People nice. People start sweating. Oh yeah. Like they start sweating profusely and I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, dude. I'm just some kid that was like, I'm going to start a church. <laughs> You know, it's going to be great. Come to sandals. Oh, my gosh. Oh, all right. That's well, thanks great. for joining us, guys. You can always get the notes for this show and share yeah. with your friends at debrief.show slash 131. Yes, awesome. Woo. See you guys. <laughs>